What's up, Hokie Nation, and welcome into this edition of TSL Today. We record on Friday, May 5th, 2023, from the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. Got a fun show planned for you today, just like always. Andy Bitter hops on to talk about the Hokies' most recent commitment out of the transfer portal. And then in the second segment, Kyle Marshak will join us to talk both tech baseball and softball. All that and much more coming up on this edition of TSL Today, which starts right now. Welcome you back to this edition of TSL Today. This edition of TSL Today, like always, is sponsored by Triumph NIL. Triumph NIL, recruit, retain, reward. We appreciate Triumph NIL's partnership with TSL and TSL Today. Well, I think some introductions are in order. Across the way is Andy Bitter, our senior staff writer and lead football beat writer. Behind the scenes is Kyle Marshak, today's best podcast producer in the land. And I'm your host, Carter Hill. Well, Andy, before we get underway, thanks for hopping on. First ever TSL Today appearance. So we appreciate you coming in on a Friday afternoon. That's right. It's like a quick shot for the weekend here to get you going. Yes, absolutely. You got the podcast, you got TSL Today. You're fully acclimated into the tech sideline world nowadays. So we appreciate you coming on. Well, it's no secret that the Hokies were looking to, you know, add a pass rusher out of the transfer portal, and they seem to have done that with the addition of Antoine Power Ryland out of Florida. Yeah, a fairly significant addition uh, to the class. He was a guy that a couple years ago was a top five recruit in the state. Uh, number four in the state, I think like number 180 nationally, something like that. Went to Florida. Virginia Tech was in on him originally, uh, did not commit here. Uh, went to Florida. Hasn't played a whole lot, but he started to come on a little bit late last season. Uh, I think he had 29 tackles, three sacks, six tackles for loss, something like that. All that came really late in the season uh, when he got into the starting lineup last five games of the year. Uh, they had him playing in this 3-3-5, so he's sort of an outside linebacker in this de- in that defense, and I think he wanted to be more of a more of a traditional 4-3 end. So coming here to Virginia Tech, he'll get that opportunity that was a – a great position of need for them to find another edge rusher in this uh, defense they got. Well, you mentioned it, a six foot three, two hundred and thirty three pound edge rusher, originally out of Portsmouth in the seven five seven. Redshirted back in twenty twenty, was a reserve in twenty twenty one, and you mentioned it started the final five games last season with the Gators, finishing with twenty nine tackles, six tackles for loss, and three sacks as well. How much of a priority was he in terms of adding for Virginia Tech? It was a big priority. I mean, you look at the. Uh, returning production they have at defensive end, and I think that's the position that had the biggest question marks on the entire roster. Uh, you know, Cole Nelson, C.J. McRae, probably the first-team guys right now. Neither of them had more than two sacks last year. Nobody, no returning end on the roster, a defensive lineman, had more than two sacks last year. It's just they had not gotten after the quarterback very well, especially you lose Taiwan Garbutt, and he had six-and-a-half sacks last season, uh, their most productive pass rusher. So it's just not a position where they had a lot of guys that got after the quarterback. It looks like Powell Ryland can be that type of guy. He showed a little bit of that late last year. I mentioned those five games he started. I think he had ten quarterback pressures, nine or ten quarterback pressures in those games so really was showing some production it'll be interesting to see him come in here uh, probably needs to get a little bit bigger to play more of a traditional 4-3 spot but it would not surprise me to see him jump into the starting lineup well how much does this change the Hokies outlook up front with his addition 
It helps. I mean, they needed somebody that can get after the quarterback. And who knows? I mean, maybe Cole Nelson, uh, maybe Jaden, Jordan McDonald. I forget which one of the McDonald brothers (laughs) is on the the defensive line. I always mix those two up. Uh, CJ McCray, some younger guys, Keyshawn Burgos uh, there as well. Uh, You know, just not a lot of proven production, though. So I'm not saying those guys can't do it, but to add somebody like uh, Powell Ryland into the mix, I I think that's important because you can never have enough guys to get after the quarterback. Well, I want to go back a little bit. We mentioned it. He's from Portsmouth, an Indian River high school kid, I believe. Is that where Devin Hunter went to high school out there? I believe so. I think Indian River. Okay, there you go. How much were the Hokies involved in his initial recruitment out of high school, and what did that kind of look like before he went to Florida? I remember the name. I don't really recall the recruitment uh, too much. I know he was, I think Virginia Tech was among the finalists, but you know, at that point when an SEC school comes calling and won the caliber of Florida uh, at that time, it's not too surprising that he went that route. That's how a lot of the top five guys in the state have gone uh, over the last decade, really. Uh, in recruiting. So I, I can't remember the specifics of how close, but they were in the mix. And, and, and I don't know how seriously in, at the very end, though. Well, you mentioned it a little bit, but where do you see him sliding in for Tech? You know, he can compete with a couple guys, but probably safe to say he played a little bit of outside linebacker at Florida, but probably going to play at the end position here. And how do you see him kind of sliding in? Yeah, I, I think of the linemen that Cole Nelson was probably the most established of the starters mm-hmm. there. And McCray, uh, you know, he had a sack in the spring game. I think they needed to see a little bit more out of him just in terms of all-around play as a player on the defensive line. He, he was the guy that transitioned from linebacker as well, so he wasn't as used to playing with his hand on the ground like that. Uh, I, I think it could be between McCray and Powell Ryland for that other starting spot. I'd probably give the the edge to Powell Ryland just based on his history of production, even though it's pretty limited yes. in itself. But I mean that that's a spot they're going to rotate guys in and out, and you know they like to, you know, it seems like defensive line rotations are almost like NASCAR. Like you come in, you get four new tires, and they yes. put four new guys out there. They rotate the whole thing, or like hockey shifts where a whole new line comes in. Uh, at the same time. So I, I would imagine they would all play quite a bit, but this is just another guy to add to that rotation that, that seems to be fairly productive. Nice experience factor to add as well, it appears like. Yeah, I mean, it, he doesn't have this wealth of experience. Right. I mean, he's played two years and in, in five starts, but you look at the team, and I think uh, Cole Nelson and, and C.J. McRae have combined for three ca- career starts between yeah. them. And they're the most experienced defensive ends on the roster. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're talking about a very inexperienced group and and somebody coming in that's not that experienced, but more experienced than what they have. Well, and I think, too, I don't have it in front of me, but Taiwan Garbett, I believe, led the team in sacks last year with six and a half, I want to say. Six and a half. And, he, and so, he got there at the last game of the season. I think yes. he had uh, one and a half or two in that Liberty game, including the one that, that caused the fumble there at the end. Uh, but he was somebody who was fighting a, a foot injury all year, might have had better stats than what he had uh, if he wasn't battling with that. But, I mean, it's been a while since they've had an impact pass rusher here, yeah. somebody that you just fear off the edge. I mean, you really go back to to Daddy Nicholas, Kenna Canem in mm-hmm. that season. Yep. I think they had nine and a half and, and nine sacks. The last guy to have double-digit sacks was Daryl Tapp. Oh, my gosh. And you're going back to like 2000, 2005, 2006. I forget the exact year on that. And There's some controversy about whether Kenny Canem got to 10. I think if VT officially lists him with nine and a half. But, uh, you know, thinking back, I mean, Tap is really the last one uh, defensive end to get drafted and stay yeah. at defensive end in the NFL. Jason Worlds was sort of an outside linebacker type. Daddy Nicholas turned into an outside linebacker type. They just don't have – 
uh, you know, for a school that produced Bruce Smith and, and Corey Moore and Daryl Tapp and all these guys, they don't have much of a recent history of defensive ends getting drafted. So, you know, we'll see what Power Island becomes. I don't want to put too much pressure on him before he gets here or anything like that, but uh, he is an intriguing talent to add to this roster. Daryl Tapp was mid-2000s. Kenneth Canem and Daddy Nicholas was the latter half of the Frank Beamer era for a Canem standpoint. I think he was first year or two of the Justin Fuente era as well. So it's been six, seven years since we've really seen that here in Blacksburg. But what's next for Brent Pride? Do you go the Demetrius Hill now? Demetrius Hill route, I should say, from FIU, or do you go the offensive lineman from App State? What What's next for the Hokies coming well, up? Well, I think they're working on both. Uh, sounds like a decision might be coming soon with Troy Everett, uh, mm-hmm. possibly this weekend. Uh, when you're talking about going up against Oklahoma, that is a tough team to beat. Uh, when you're recruiting against them. I mean, that's one of the blue bloods of college football. And I would imagine there's a lot of NIL money behind that whole thing. So it'd be interesting to see which direction he leans. If the the hometown angle can win out and the immediate playing time angle can win out at Virginia tech, or, you know, if the draw of of Oklahoma and the type of lineman they've produced over the years uh, can be something that that's more enticing for him. But I, I think that would be a big addition for this offensive line just to have a, a fifth guy probably to round out that starting five. And uh, then you look at Demetrius Hill, they, they've been looking for another defensive back, sort of bridge that gap between the, the five experienced guys that they have. And then this younger wave of, of cornerbacks and safeties coming up the, uh, the shoot there. So, uh, you know, both would be priorities. I think probably Everett on the offensive line is a bigger need because mm-hmm. you're looking for a starter in that situation. But, uh, you know, they're, they're still going to be very active in the transfer portal. Well, Andy, as always, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for having me. All right, that'll do it for the first segment of TSL today. Don't go anywhere, though. In the second segment, Kyle Marshak will hop on and we'll do some trivia surrounding both tech baseball and softball. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's up, Hokie Nation? Kyle Marshak alongside Carter Hill for a more lighthearted segment in your second portion of TSL today from the Corporate Research Center. It is Friday, May 5th. And of course, before we get things going, Triumph Recruit Retain Reward. Thank you guys for sponsoring this segment of TSL today. A little quick of an intro because we have a fun one again. Kyle Marshak across the way is Carter Hill. Carter, how you doing today, buddy? Good, Kyle. How are you? Good to see you. I'm doing good. You know, it takes uh, a lot to track you down. Yeah, 100%. You know, uh, you are 15 feet away from me from time to time. And by yes. that, I mean you and I are roommates. But you know what? The fans don't care about that. What they do care about is... It is full swing for diamond sports season. The postseason's coming around. Mm-hmm. Baseball and softball have had similar seasons in terms of how they've played at the plate yeah. and pitching. Now, obviously, you know, softball's been ranked. Baseball's been hovering outside the rankings. But, you know, I think I want that to be the trend. These teams have played similarly, mm-hmm. you could say, considering they both had a lot of success at the dish, but their woes have been on the mound or in the circle. Would yeah. you agree with that? I would agree. I would agree. Well, it's more so, too. Baseball hasn't been healthy you know, softball has had some unfortunate right. things go their way from a pitching standpoint. Baseball just hasn't been healthy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, softball was coming into the year, maybe a regional host. They're not going to host a regional, but they will be a two seed in an, in an NCAA regional. Yeah. And then baseball, you know, some people had them hosting a regional. I didn't know if they would get to that point. They haven't been there. And right now, according to Chris Hirons and according to D1 Baseball and Baseball America, they're kind of on the bubble whether or not they're even going to get in. So we'll see what happens there. But I think baseball will get in. Softball will be a two. So I think, I think they're similar in terms of both have taken a little bit of a step down from last season but at the same time they're very dangerous and i know you're going to get into some fun stats in a minute as well so 
let's look at it from this perspective. I, I thought of this fun trivia segment for fans to follow along, whether they're listening or watching. Just they to can, catch up. Just to catch up yeah. on, on how the seasons have gone for some of our star athletes and the diamond in particular. So I'll bring it from this perspective. The cobblers, the gobblers just happened. Mm-hmm. And so I just saw all those athletes in the same room, and it got me thinking about both the diamond sports excellent seasons in comparison to each other thus mm-hmm. far. So I thought of this for a 10, a ten question trivia segment. Okay. But I'll propose the bet first. I have tw- 10 questions for you. Um, in particular about softball and baseball and the same question, if that makes sense. Yes. In comparison, 10, you said. Yes. Okay. So I wanted to propose a bet. You and I go to McAdoo's a lot. Yes, we do. If you get seven or more of these questions correct, I will pay for our next meal at McAdoo's. Does that sound fair to you? I think that's fair. Or would you like to go down to six? I can tell you. Let's go six. Let's go let's six. Let's go six. Because I'm six out of here passing. Wednesday though for the summer, so it will so we'll probably have to, have to be a next quick. semester thing. Or yeah, yeah, we can go Sunday or, Monday. Or maybe next time if we go to Cox's Driving Range later, not sponsored. You know, just <laughs> just for fun. All right, let's let's start with this then, just to uh, get the appetizer going. Hmm. Who has more hits this season, Jamie Bailey or Jack Hurley? Ooh, that's a good one. You see, because they're pretty. That's questions? a fair comp. Because Jack Hurley has had this outer worldly of a year now, and again, Jamie Bailey. You know, she went down with an injury last week, but Jack Hurley has been hurt for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Jamie Bailey has more. Correct. <laughs> Let's go. You're one for one. Jamie Bailey had 51 hits so far. Jack Hurley has 49. So Jack Hurley probably would have been ahead. Although Bailey has not played. She didn't play either of the final two regular season games. So, but yeah. Yeah, I probably would have said if, if he was healthy, he probably would have been Jack Hurley. But Jamie Bailey, Jamie Bailey. Okay. So I'm glad to be off to a good start. I figured these questions would be hard to gauge because, long story short, there are slightly less games in softball and slightly mm-hmm. less innings as well. True. But the statistics hitting-wise in softball are more inflated, probably just because Virginia Tech's really darn good at hitting. Yes. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Well, they've had some midweek games too. Right. Granted, they've been five innings, but when you put up, 10, 12, 15 runs. Right. You're naturally going to have three or four at bats. I mean, how many how many midweek games did we do, Kyle, where they run ruled them? Maybe it was just one with you, but I did a couple with Nick, Longwood, Radford, Mount St. Mary's, where they put up that yeah. amount of runs. So we, we had Chattanooga in town as yeah, well. Yeah, Chattanooga. I didn't do that one, but I know you did that one. Yeah. No, there was there's a lot of moving parts in softball that makes it hard to gauge what the numbers accumulatively look like. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into the rate statistics later. But for now, question number two, who has had more official at bats for the Hokies in 2023? Gary Ebel or Rachel Castine? Rachel Castine. Wrong. Oh, Derek Ebel has had 64 at bats. Castine has only had 53. I probably, yeah, I probably should have known that. Gary Ebel started the year as the starting catcher. I knew these questions would stump you. Ah, fooey. <laughs> All right. So for the fans uh, tagging along, question one was Jamie Bailey. Question two was Gary Ebel for more at bats over Rachel Castine. I figured that one would stump you. Yeah. Question was, number three. Right now you're one for one. You're shooting 50% one for from two. The field. One for two. Oh, yeah. One for two. Sorry. All right, question number three. Which Hokies ball club has more players with at least one home run at the dish this year? Can you repeat the question? (laughs) So on the rosters for baseball and softball, Uh the number of players between the two teams that have recorded this year at least one home run. So essentially how many home run hitters they have on the roster. Which one has more? Probably softball. 
wrong. What? Baseball. Softball for the longest time led the led the nation in homers per game. I know. But I guess it's top heavy. Well, guess what? Baseball has 15, softball has 14. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he I got me. You. you are one for three right now. As of <sighs> right now, you better you better get your money up and uh, pay for our next meal at McAdoo's. <laughs> okay. Carter Hill, the guru, is one for three right now. Question number four. Which Hokies pitcher has collected more strikeouts this season? Andrew Sentlinger or Molly Jacobson? It's a good one. Molly Jacobson doesn't strike out a ton of hitters. Okay. Let's go. It's fair comp. It's, it's a close one. They both play similar one. roles, you could say. Yeah, although, although softball more, is so yeah, different. Softball is different pitching wise. Yeah. This is there's a lot of pressure on this question. I need to get this one yeah, right. You need to get the ball rolling. <laughs> You're one for three. Right I'll now. go. I'll go Molly Jacobson. You are wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I w- I went her because you know like she's she'll start every now and then. She's so. had more of a role pitching wise. But that's the thing. The pitching load is so top heavy. I should have. Yeah, I should have. I said she doesn't She doesn't strike a lot of hitters out. Andrew Sentlinger has 29 strikeouts in 2023. Does he really? Jacobson has 27. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Now, now again, more innings in baseball as a pitcher. But yeah. Sentlinger's rates strikeout-wise aren't through the roof. All right, I don't want to hear it. I'm one for four. Go ahead. Next question. <laughs> You're one for four. <laughs> Next right. question. We are at the halfway point. You only have one question correct. That's pitiful. It's bad. Well, we're not at the halfway point yet. We still got one more. Question five. Both teams have been strong defensively. Which team has a higher season high in errors allowed in a single game? Meaning, which team has allowed more errors in one outing? So let's say, so for, for example, mean... let's say, for example, I'm going to make these numbers up and make them skyrocketed so it doesn't give you any indication. Let's say softball had a game where they allowed 12 errors, which obviously didn't happen. And baseball had a game it's where they allowed. It's got to be baseball. You were correct. Baseball. Yeah, that game at Radford, they had seven initially. I think they changed it to four. Yes, they gave up four errors. Wow, I think there was a little bit of. I think there was a little bit of Radford saying, "Oh, we've only won eight games. Let's let's bulk up our." I wasn't I wasn't at that game. Bulk up our hits, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now you're you're two for five. You're back in the green. Uh huh. Well, sort of. Question number six: Which team in a single outing has struck out the most batters? Meaning the pitching staff has collected the most strikeouts and won seven. Okay. So your answer is baseball. Yes. You are wrong. <laughs> so now you have to go four for four to finish this. This is a bad start. <laughs> the windy special. So which team has struck out the most batters? Softball has struck out 17 and one I should have said softball. You should have said softball. One. I should have said softball. <laughs> softball, baseball, there's so many more strikeouts. Very close again. Baseball struck out 16. I knew there was a game where baseball had 16, and that's why I went with baseball. So just to review, you this got question fair. one correct. Then you went on a three-game losing streak. <laughs> three-game skid, if you will. Three-game Three skid. question skid, if you will. Question five, you got correct, and then you just dropped another dud. I need to make it interesting, so I need so to get the next few right. Y- y- you better hope so, right? Uh-huh. All right. I'll give you a little bit of an easier one. Which ball club has struck out more batters this season, softball or baseball? Think, think deep here. I'm thinking deep. That's why I'm not saying anything. Or maybe don't think at all. Yeah, that's true. So, obviously, Emma Lemley has the ability to throw. Obviously, Emma Lemley has the ability to produce strikeouts. 
Lindsey Grind has been better with it as of late. But but then again, this is an accumulative stick uh, stat, yeah, statistic. So it's I would worth say noting. baseball. You are correct. Yeah, I would say baseball. You are back in the green. And actually, this one was a lot easier from a margin standpoint. Because yeah. baseball has 427 strikeouts. Softball has 380. Well, you face more hitters. That's just baseball. an innings thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured I'd, I'd put you back in the green with that one. Okay. All right. So just to recap, you have four questions wrong and three correct through seven. Mm-hmm. You have to get the next three correct. I thought we were going to six. Oh, wait. Well, yeah. What's the number? Yeah, well, six. Yeah. yeah so I four. need to get two of the next three right. Don't cheat me. One, two, three. Four, five. No, wait, hold on. You got question one, correct? Question five and question seven. You have three more questions. You have to get the next three right to get six. I've only gotten three correct? Yeah. I thought I got four correct. Wh- wh- which one did you? We may need to go back and listen to the recording. I'm Our producer certain. back there, do you know how many I've gotten correct? Three? Okay. All yeah. right. She, Never mind. She's telling us three, man. Sorry. Go ahead. Way to try and cheat. I wanted it to be a fun day at the studio, too. <laughs> but... <laughs> All right, okay, Carter Hill. Yes. How about this? Which Hokies pitcher is a better whip in 2023? Oh gosh. Brady Kurtner or Emma Lemley? <sighs> whip is so hard to calculate, too. And it it's varies between softball and, yeah, and it's baseball. So That's almost unfair. I'll go I'll go Brady Kurtner. You are correct. Yeah. Brady Kurtner. You want to guess a really good year. You want to guess what the margin was between these two? No, I have no idea. Brady Kurtner's whip is a perfect 1.12, and Emma Lemley's is a 1.13. You did your research for this. I did. I told you I wanted to get some good questions for you. Okay, there you go. So now you are a perfect four out of eight. So just to remind you, you still have to get the next two questions correct. Yes, yes, I'm aware. Which Hokies hitter has more total bases this year, Emma Ritter or Jack Hurley? Oh, gosh, that's actually a really good question. Yeah. That's actually a really good question. Total bases... This is this is gonna be tough. I will go Emma Ritter. You are correct. Yes, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Emma Ritter. Well, her is average is like somewhere around four hundred. Oh, she's just cracked. Yeah. Plate. Emma Ritter has one hundred and eleven total bases. Jack Hurley has one hundred and ten. Oh. Yeah. I gave so you. So Hurley good being man. hurt really changes some things. Okay, so we're down to our final one. Yes. So it comes down so to this. this is for if all I make the, the comeback right here. All the this moolah. Is, this is the difference between fifteen dollars worth of McAdoo's. Yes. Well, I mean, you're paying for my food, so it'd be more like twenty dollars. Um, but we don't have to talk about my eating mm-hmm. habits. All right. Last question. This is a wacky one. Who has had more at bats this year, Kelsey Brown or Brody Donay? Oh, that actually is a good one, too, because neither started the year as a starter. Nope. They both had the same year, essentially. Very different positions. You really did year. do your prep for this. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> At bats. You are you are frazzled over there, Carter. And just, just to remind you, if you get this one wrong, I know. <laughs> you have to pay for my McAdoo's, man. This is actually a really good question. Again, there's more at-bats in baseball, but Kelsey Brown's your leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. you are so stressed can we just give you credit too for your comeback so far well we're not there yet questions correct knock on wood let me me knock on wood real quick let's get the this has been like the most interesting tsl today and it really sparks up some good ideas for the summer like i'm gonna be in north carolina you're gonna be in minnesota i know you'll be 
a little busier than I will be, but I will be doing some TSL today's that some people are going to be like, what are you doing? But like David Cunningham is going to come fun, on and we're going to talk about sports cathedrals or stuff like that. You know, That's like pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks, I like man. that. I like that. All right. So who has had more at bats this year, Brody Donay or Kelsey Brown? Brody Take your Donay, time. Kelsey Brown. Oh, I'm taking my sweet time. Brody Donay or Kelsey Brown. Is it close? Yeah. I'll go with Brody Donay. You are correct. Oh, let's go. Let's <laughs> Congratulations, go. Carter. Let's go. What a comeback, that was Carter. Incredible. I want to thank my parents out there <laughs> for raising me to love Virginia Tech. I want to thank Yeah, I want to thank my parents. Because <laughs> what that's about the, the reason. Dog? I do want to. Well, my dog has no say on what I care about Virginia Tech wise. She doesn't even know Virginia well, Tech she's exists. A support system. But I, I thanks to my parents, particularly, particularly my dad, for taking me to baseball, and I still go to baseball with him some nowadays. So I'll what, sit with what you. Did I'll sit with him. Do? She's fine. And then credit <laughs> to Learfield and my guy Evan Hughes and Zach Mackey for allowing us to broadcast softball. They. They they have made some serious contributions as to why we are in the position that we are in right now. So I do want to thank them. This is a really weird and unexpected time to thank all of our mentors for all the help we've had this season and our growth because this was just a, a trivia segment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's not that serious because clearly this meant a lot to you. So it meant congratulations, Carter. I was I just want to say through the first four questions, I was one for four. I was dead what to rights. A comeback. Two for five. I was two for six. That's, I was two for six. That's LeBron James down three one in the finals right there. Yeah. That's incredible. How that does that make you feel? You and LeBron James in the same conversations? I'd rather be with MJ if that answers your question. Oh, well, that's you know what? That's a podcast for that's another day. That's a podcast day. for itself, yeah, on its own. Well, well, how about this? Greatest comeback in Virginia Tech history. You know that better than me. Lay, lay one down just to compare oh, your comeback 2016, right here. Belk Bowl, Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Bank of America Stadium, December 29th, 2016. Oh, tell Hokies, us the details, Hokies Carter. Hokies down 24 nothing give us the at details. halftime. Hokies down 24 nothing at halftime. They're dead to rights. Joey Sly misses a field goal at the end of the half, and the Hokies score 35 unanswered in... I think 28 of them were in the four, or in the third quarter. At least 21 of them were. And then they scored 35 unanswered to win the game 35-24. It's Justin Fuente's first year. Tech won 10 games as a result. And Brett Bielema was the head coach at Arkansas at the time. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty dumbfounded the fact that you just spitballed all of that right there. Well, congratulations, Carter. Thank I you so owe much. you a dish at McAdoo's next time we go out. Not sponsored. Um, again, Triumph is our official sponsor for this episode. <laughs> Recruit, retain, reward. Thank you, Triumph NIL, for helping us out. But for now, a lighthearted episode. We'll shut down the second and final segment of TSL today. It was Kyle Marshak alongside Carter Hill. We'll see you guys next time from the Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia.